Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? I'm Egbert, the owner of this station. Check out my website at Egbert.com. That's E-G-G-B-U-R-T, Egbert.com. Now it's back to Brad and John. Check out their website at BJShow.co. The BJ Show? Come on, guys. Anyway, here's B and J. He still doesn't like it. I don't uh, I don't think we'll ever get to a point where he'll like the BJShow.co. Is that what it is, BJShow.co? Did I get it right, John? BJShow.co. <laughs> hey, you know what? As long as... <laughs> We bring those ratings in, like Egbert says. Yeah, got to bring the ratings in. Okay, uh, it is a Monday morning, and uh, we are talking all sorts of things. We've talked about uh, the situation in Kansas City. We've talked about uh, Brian Yevis. We've talked about fentanyl. Uh, what are we going to talk about now, John? What should we talk about for the rest of the show? Well, hey, we had Governor Parson was on This Week in Missouri Politics, Scott Fawn show yesterday really reading through his accomplishments. And, I, you know, he had a really interesting anecdote that I had never heard him discuss before. And he was talking a little bit about how when he took over as governor, you know, he took over for Eric Reitens, who left in a cloud of dust, shall we say. And Governor Parson talked about how when he and his team came into the governor's office, there were just empty desks everywhere. In other words, the people that had been working for Greitens were gone, and they didn't want to stay on. They didn't want to have anything to do with the new administration. Now, I hadn't heard the governor ever mention that before, if he ever had, but I thought it was really disheartening to think about the fact that there were not more people who, who worked for Greitens as governor and then didn't, and didn't want to stay on. I'm I'm disappointed that there weren't more people that wanted to stay on and continue working for a Republican governor. Can I give you an alternative view of that? Sure. Uh, being that that is very similar to what's happening in what was happened for years and years and years in the media business. When a new boss comes in, he fires everybody. Like I told you the story that when when uh, Kevin Matheny, a.k.a. Pig Vomit, uh, took over KSLQ, uh, I was the only person he didn't fire. He fired everybody. So Yeah, I, and, and, oh, and Brad, and I get the idea that also you don't want to be the last remaining person on a, on a – to get a raft. You know, you don't want to be the last person leaving the Titanic if you think somebody is going to come in. But I'm just surprised that everyone assumed that Governor Parsons would come in. I mean, and you can imagine the governor getting rid of somebody who was closely aligned politically or personally with Eric Reitens, but I can't imagine people thought that the governor would come in and want to get rid of, say, mid-level staff or well, entry-level staff that were just there doing their job. I'll be honest with you, I, I disagree with you on that because I think to myself, um, you know, I mean, politics is a lot like the media business where, you know, you've got a new guy who's your boss and a, the old guy did business this way, the new guy does, does business a different way. Um, you know, I mean, you know, and once again, you see these situations where time and time and time again, what happens when, when 
when uh, you get a new president, you know, all the people that were the Donald Trump, uh, you know, employees, uh, you know, the politically appointed people, they're gone because of the fact that the new guy comes in and he's going to replace them with all his buddies. You know, I well, mean, that's true. But that but the difference between Trump and Biden was also partisan and very ideological. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's to the point where if you're a Donald Trump fan, you know, when Biden comes in, that's the worst thing in the world for you. I mean, you've got you've got, you know, uh, trouble written on your forehead because of the fact that that, you know, once again, it's 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 sort of the new guy comes in. and It's my way or the highway kind of thing. You know, do business my way or guess what? The door don't let it hit you on the way out. You know, that kind of a thing. So, yeah, I get it. I, I, I mean, thankfully, there were a lot of people that <clears throat> I, I say a lot. I don't know how many there were, but there were people that worked for Greitens that were relatively young people in the administration and you give them some grace because they came in and they, you know, bought into the vision of this is a guy that's going to change Missouri. Now, can I, can I give you an alternate view on what you just said about, about Parson? Sure. Okay. The alternate view for me was if he has all these empty desks and the state's still moving on forward, why do you need to fill those desks? Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think his point, Brad, was that on day one, those desks were empty and he had to move quickly to fill them. Well, I mean, once again, uh, you know, the state is still in business. Uh, you know, you know, once again, it's like every year when, or not every year, <laughs> but we get to this thing where it's the government's going to shut down. You know, we don't have a budget crisis. The government shut down. It's going like, Agreed. okay, guess what? Everything's going to be fine. You know, the interstate highways are not going to fall. You know, the, the bridges over Missouri, the Missouri river and the, the, uh, uh you know, the, 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 Bridge over, you know, the Chain Rocks Bridge and the the Poplar Street yeah. Bridge are not going to fall into the river. Amtrak's still going to run. The FAA people are still going to be working, and the planes are still going to be landing and taking off. The Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, the you know, uh, the Coast Guard, uh, you know, now the the Space Force—they're all going to be at their jobs, making sure we don't get invaded by whomever. You know, I mean, once again, I mean, the crazy thing is that the the sad part of this is, and it's sort of like I've never been. I've never watched this show before. Have you ever? Do you ever watch Parks and Recreation? No, but I've heard about it. Okay, the guy yeah. who is—I guess he's the head dude or something like that. His thing is, he purposely doesn't want to ever meet with anybody. He doesn't want to talk with anybody. He just wants to sit in his office and and pretend he's like this Im very important person. Okay. How many times do I deal with people in the government like that? I mean, I just had a run-in with, I want to say run-in, but I just had a run-around with the federal government over a situation with the radio stations, with the FCC. And right, yeah. I mean, I was, I think I've even told you part of this. I was giving, given wrong information. They sent me a spreadsheet that had errors in it. And then when I point out the errors and I essentially said, well, I, I'm going by what you sent me. Well, that was a mistake. Well, you sent it to me, you know, yeah. I mean, once again, it's not like I caused the problem. You guys sent me wrong information and you get the impression that like, and they're just there to, to collect a paycheck. And I look, I know there are government employees that care very much about their job and really think they make a difference. But let's be honest, a lot of them don't. A lot yeah. of them are there, you know, because, you know, it's, it's just like I give my, I, one of the things I have this ongoing feud with school teachers in general and a few of them that I know personally. <laughs> yes, you do. And, and you know, once again, Dave Ramsey. And what do you hear from the school teachers? Oh, we don't make any money. We, we, we get paid so little. We have to work so hard. Okay, Dave Ramsey. You know who Dave Ramsey is, right? I do, yeah. Dave Ramsey came out with, this is two or three years ago, with a very extensive survey on the top five categories of millionaires in the United States. Teachers are number three. Number three, 
Okay. Because of their tension, I'm sure. Well, no, not necessarily. He's essentially saying it's because of lifestyle and things like that. The teachers tend not to be, you know, like buying a Ferrari and stuff like that. Uh, and, and teachers tend to, but, but that is part of it as well, too. I don't know if you know this or not. In the state of Missouri, teachers are not in the Social Security system. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. They are not in the Social Security system they, because they have a different deal. And, and um, you know, what they have a very good pension system, which is a state pension system. And uh, essentially, you know, to the point where uh, teachers... But, but see, what, what Ramsey's teaching, what Ramsey's teaching essentially is very low risk because if you know most teachers by their native, they're, 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 you know, they're by their, their, you know, whatever, their in, inbred whatever psychology to be a, to be <laughs> yeah. a teacher but they're inherent they're uh they're uh what's what's the word we're looking for we're both we're both uh groping for inherently cautious yeah they're not the risk intrinsic i think is the word we're looking for they're right. intrinsic cautious right. right they're cautious and they are not necessarily flashy uh they're not you know they're not coming to school the women aren't coming to school in you know in 300 dollars shoes and and 500 dresses matter of fact if you go and look at most schools and i'm not trying to be mean but if you go to look at most schools the teachers now dress very casually. Show, show. Is that a is that an easy yeah, way of it's, saying? Yeah, and you know, as a guy that was raised, well, it's the guys that was raised in the '80s under the David Lee Roth "Hot for Teacher" video. I would say that there aren't many teachers that dress that way. These well, days. <laughs> back in my day, there weren't very many teachers that dress like that. Although there were a few, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but but the idea being is that, and see, and once again, when I say that to my teacher friends, they go, "Well, that's not true." And I go like, well, now hold on a minute now. This guy, do you you know Dave Ramsey? Oh yeah. Do you do you understand that he's like Mr. Conservative and he's like Mr. You know he doesn't say it unless he's got it. You know he's like Mr. You yeah. Know, because if he says something untrue, God's gonna strike him down. You know because he's yeah. very religious. Well, but man. it also speaks to the the teachers that you're talking to. If they disagree with that concept, they're also outing themselves as, some, as someone that hasn't managed their money well. Well, but I'm not even saying manage your money well. It's to the point where they have a job where let's be honest if you work in a school district unless you are doing something really crazy you can work that job and stay there for 30 years you know you're not going to get fired you're not going to get laid off you know that's true you, if a new principal comes in he's not going to clean house he's not going to fire mm -hmm. everybody and get all different teachers and things like that which to a certain extent i think and i'm going to say this I think it breeds mediocrity, but that's just me. You know, I mean, well, but Brad, let's think about that. The other thing that we should do for teachers is give them Friday off. Like, I don't know why teachers don't, should have to, or administrators, don't even go or there commissioners of education should have to work on a Friday. But see, I've said that there's wrong. That's wrong in so many respects because that that way it breeds a whole generation of kids that <laughs> think they only have to work four days a week. You know, I mean, that's true. I mean, that's true. I mean, but anyway, going back to the, the Dave Ramsey thing, what was it? Was it engineers, CPAs, teachers? can't remember the, the, the I think lawyers. I can't remember the five. And, and if you go way back, way, 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 way back to uh, a book that was written, I believe, in the late 80s, early 90s called The Millionaire Next Door. Remember that book? You ever heard that one, The Millionaire Next Door? What was the name? The Millionaire's what? The Millionaire Next oh, Door. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who okay. wrote that one? Well, it was done by, it was done by, the, the story behind the book was, it was a book that was, it actually wasn't a book. 
it was a survey commissioned by and I can't remember which one of the big stock brokerage firms. It was like one of the one of the big like you know uh, uh, A.G. Edwards. It wasn't A.G. Like Edwards. Like Merrill Lynch. Or yeah, it was like, like a Merrill Lynch. And this was the idea that the folks that are millionaires are actually folks that drive mid-sized cars and live in a modest home. Well, back in the day, you know what the most common vehicle driven by millionaires was? I you told me once and I don't remember. A Ford F one fifty pickup truck. Wow. That was, okay. That was the most common. That's a good solid vehicle. And the idea being was the if you lived in a in a middle-class neighborhood, the guy next door who didn't have a flashy car, who seemed like he was somewhat not much of a party kind of person, guy, gal, who had, a, let's say he owned a boring business. And the businesses back then that were the millionaires were the auctioneers, the dry cleaners. I don't know if the dry cleaners would, have, would hold up anymore because of the fact that nobody gets, nobody has a suit or anything anymore, so they don't go to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? So That's in other words, true. the dry cleaners, I don't think are nearly doing as well as they were. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that. But they were the jobs that they were the businesses that were particularly not the flashy kind of businesses. And even to the point where Mike Rowe tells the story about when him doing the Dirty Job show, that he had so many of these guys that he dealt with. They'd own these construction companies and companies that, you know, did nasty stuff like cleaning out, you know, septic tanks and stuff like that. Uh, plumbers and things like that. Very unglamorous jobs who made a ton of money. And, and essentially became millionaires. I know, I, know a, I know several guys that I know that, that, matter of fact, there's a couple of them on this very radio station, advertising this very radio station, who are millionaires, some of them several times over. And most of them don't have the flash. They're not driving Lambos. They're not driving Ferraris. You know, they live in relatively, you know, modest homes. They're not flashing cash. They don't have a Rolex. They don't yeah. have big pinky rings with two carat diamonds and stuff like that. Um, because those are the people that typically, um, you know, they're flashing the pan. They make a lot of money. They spend it. And then when things turn around, their business changes or the economy changes, they're out of luck and they're in trouble, yeah. you know? I mean, and, and I... Well, look at the... Go ahead. Go ahead, Brett. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, look at look at most athletes that sign a couple-year contract and might play in the major leagues or in the NFL for two or three years. And what happens to them when they turn 30? Listen, to the, if you ever heard Shaquille O'Neal talk finances, Shaquille O'Neal is fascinating. And because of the fact that I think it was him that told the story that his mother or something told him that what he should do is he should not ever spend any of the money he made as a basketball player. He should only spend the money that he makes makes for endorsements. Now, there was a point probably where he's making a lot more money in endorsements than he was playing basketball because that's true of a lot of athletes. But, um, you know, I mean, to the point where he talked about the fact that he, you know, that he just put his paycheck in and saved it and invested in things like that. And yeah. once again, it's to the point where, where the mentality nowadays is, and I think all of us are guilty, you know, if, uh, you know, I mean, you know, you follow millionaires, you follow people who make money from uh, winning the lottery. You know, they may, you know, I mean, I heard a talk show the other day. It was on a YouTube video. It was a guy doing a talk show and they were talking finances and a guy calls in. He says, I won the lottery 10 years ago. I made $2 million on a scratcher's ticket. And two years later, I was broke. I didn't have any money. How does yeah. that happen? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah. how well, does that because happen? Because they have a lot of people giving them advice. Well, that's, that's, they're either unscrupulous or they're just unwise. And they have people that, that show up at their doorstep that, you know, that have somebody in their family family who needs a lung transplant but they really don't you know yeah, i mean that course. kind of stuff hey you know what you know the guy who all the answers you know who the guy the all answers is you know what it is don't you i i do know and his initials are casey i'm casey Kasem. <laughs> i interpolated i said casey when i actually mean ck 
I'm feeling a bit dyslexic today, Brad. I'm Casey Kasem. These are the hits you're buying, and radio stations are playing from coast to coast. We're on our way to the number one. And we're on our way to the end of the show. Say goodbye, John. See you guys tomorrow. I'm sorry, I have my new toy. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? 